A few years ago, the LA Times published an article that was entitled, In Theory, Are Parts of Scripture Outdated and in Need of Change? Are parts of Scripture outdated and in need of change? It's actually a common thought among a lot of people in contemporary society. They would say that the Bible is an old book that is now outdated and is no longer relevant for today. Well, there's an entire theological argument we could have around that about the eternality of God. But setting that aside for the moment, I want to just tell you from practical experience, I came across some verses this week in the book of Ephesians. And I would argue that maybe more than any time in my life, these words from Paul to the Ephesian church in the first century speak with much power and much needed instruction. Here's what Paul wrote to the first century church in Ephesians chapter five. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Now, when Paul uses the word walk here, he's not talking about our gait or the way that we put one foot in front of the other. It's a euphemism for the idea of the way that we live our lives. Paul is warning the first century church in Ephesians to be very careful about how they live their life. Then look what he says. Not as unwise men, but as wise Making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I don't know where you fall on the spectrum of a belief that the Bible is somehow outdated, but I'm telling you those words from Paul in Ephesians could not be more relevant for us living in the 21st century. Paul says we need to be careful that we walk in wisdom, that we make the most of our time because the days are evil. Listen, I'm telling you, if the days were evil in Paul's day, they are even more evil now. And just to help you understand, again, the context Paul was writing to, let me tell you a couple of things about that first century city known as Ephesus. Ephesus was a large, wealthy city. It was a port city. So there was much merchandise that went through uh, and and was funneled through the city of Ephesus. It had a lot of wealth in the city. It was a tourist destination. It was a place that people visited and came as tourists. It it was a city that hosted. I've actually been there. I've, I've toured the remains of the city of Ephesus there. It was a city that hosted every kind of immorality and prostitution, and it did it in a very permissive way. As a matter of fact, you could have said in the first century, what happens in Ephesus stays in Ephesus. Sound familiar? In a lot of ways, first century Ephesus is very much like the city of Las Vegas that we live in now. A tourist city, a wealthy city, a permissive city as it applies to morals and sexuality. Charles Stanley, writing about the Ephesian church, said this. 
As you can imagine, it was difficult for the believers in Ephesus to maintain high standards. Their hostile environment made it that much more important for them to be asking the question, what is the wise thing to do? Think about where we're living right now in 2020. I don't think any of us had any idea when 2020 began just a few months ago, all that we were in store for in this 2020, this beginning of this new century. But I do know this now, this question, what is the wise thing to do? Doesn't matter if you're talking about the pandemic, doesn't matter if you're talking about the the racial unrest in our country, doesn't matter if you're talking about politics, government, education, doesn't matter if you're talking about decisions, about reopening or whatever it is, all of us are wrestling with this question right now. What is the wise thing to do? It is imperative today. We need everlasting wisdom for everyday life. And by the sovereign hand of God, God had led us as pastors at Hope Church Even last fall, before 2020 had begun, God led us to set aside a couple of months in the summer of this year to walk through the book of Proverbs. We wrestled with doing something different in light of all that's happening around us. But to be honest with you, I don't know a book in the Bible more applicable to where we're living right now with this issue of our all of us having this need for wisdom than the book of Proverbs. So I want to launch this weekend into a study over the next couple of months through the book of Proverbs. We've simply subtitled it Everlasting Wisdom for Everyday Life. And before I read some opening verses here from Proverbs, let me just share a personal word of testimony. I came to know Christ in September of 1989. I know that dates me. I was a freshman in college. That's when I came to know Jesus personally. Now in over 30 years of walking with Christ personally, there is not another book in the Bible that has in a greater way impacted my personal life on a daily basis than the book of Proverbs. Hands down, when I look at scripture, the single book of scripture that has had more impact in my life daily in the affairs of everyday life is by far the book of Proverbs. Somebody taught me years ago to read daily out of the book of Proverbs. And we'll talk more about that in just a few moments. But for now, 30 years, I've been not perfectly, but as the normal pattern of my life, reading daily out of the book of Proverbs. If you got a hold of my Bible and opened it up, the single most marked up book in my Bible, on almost every page in Proverbs, there are notes and underlines and highlights. God has used this book in my life in tremendous ways. And so as we begin this journey together, I can't tell you how excited I am about what God is going to do in your life and in your family's life as you begin to glean this everlasting wisdom in Proverbs for your everyday life. And I promise you with what we're walking through right now, and I'm going to show you some of this in just a moment, but it speaks right to where we're living today. So let's begin in Proverbs chapter one. I want to read the first seven 
verses. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. You'll remember Solomon was the, the wise king. He's still known as the wealthiest person in the history of the world. But more than his wealth, Solomon is known for his wisdom. God allowed Solomon a request and Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave Solomon wisdom. And what we're reading in Proverbs are the writings of Solomon under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. We're gleaning this wealth of practical everyday wisdom. Verse 2, he begins to tell us why he wrote this. To know wisdom and instruction to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. Those sound like terms that we're dealing with in society today. Proverbs talks about righteousness, justice, equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we're going to begin to dig into Proverbs together. Here's what it's going to look like. We're going to ask you, and I'm going to talk about this at the end to begin, and we did last weekend, to read daily out of Proverbs. And I'm going to give you some instruction as to how to do that. And each weekend, we're going to be bringing a message out of the Proverbs that we've been reading for that week. This week, we began reading the first seven chapters of Proverbs. And so I want to jump in right at the beginning, chapter one, verse one, and kind of help us understand why we're studying Proverbs. Why Proverbs? There's the first question I want to get on the table today. Why Proverbs? Why now? Why is this the book that we're turning to? Well, let me give you the big idea. I want to give it to you up front, and then I'm going to unpack this for the rest of my time here with you today. So here's the big idea to answer the question, why Proverbs? Proverbs provides wisdom for every area of life at every stage of life. I want you to hear that statement. Proverbs provides wisdom and it provides wisdom for every area of life. You're going to see this in just a minute. I'm going to give you a little sampling. And then over the next eight or nine weeks, as we walk through this together, you're going to begin to see the variety of the book of Proverbs as it speaks to wisdom in every area of life, but not just every area of life, at every stage of life. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are on your journey of following Christ, Proverbs is for you. So I want to unpack that statement today, and I'm going to do it in three parts. First of all, Proverbs provides wisdom. Proverbs provides wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, the words wise or wisdom are used at least 125 different times. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, 125 plus times those chapters mention the words wisdom or 
wise. And they do that because the aim of the book is to help us acquire and apply God's wisdom to the decisions and activities of everyday life. So let me give you a definition or answer the question, what is wisdom? If this is really all about wisdom and applying wisdom to my everyday life, what is wisdom? Let me give you this definition, and we're going to use this throughout this entire series. Here's what wisdom is. The ability to see life from God's perspective. That's wisdom. Wisdom is in every moment of my life, day by day, as I live through the affairs of everyday life, wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective. And as I apply wisdom, I begin to make decisions and live out my life in response to seeing it from the perspective of God. Warren Wiersbe is Uh, was a great pastor. He's now in heaven with the Lord, went home to be with Jesus last year, written a lot of books that have impacted my life. But in one of his books, listen to what Warren Wiersbe says about wisdom. He said, wise men and women have the competence to grasp the meaning of a situation and understand what to do and how to do it in the right way at the right time. How's that possible? Because wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. It means we understand a situation. We know what to do. We know how to do it in the right way and at the right time, not because that's who we are, but that's who God is. You see, through the book of Proverbs, we're growing to know wisdom. That's why Solomon opens this book by saying, here's why I'm writing this, to know wisdom. The word know that Solomon uses here in verse 2 is a word that's used over 800 times in the Old Testament. And the primary usage of this word means to know relationally or to know experientially, meaning this, a pursuit of wisdom in Proverbs is really a pursuit of the person of God. God himself is all wise. And the only way we're able to have wisdom and live wisely is as we begin to pursue him and see life from his perspective. A pursuit of wisdom is really a passionate pursuit of God and the wisdom found in his character. Ultimately, wisdom is you and I exhibiting the character of God in the multitude of practical expressions of daily living. That's what wisdom is. It's seeing life from God's perspective. And as I apply that, it's living out the very character of God in and through my life day in and day out. The bottom line is that the wisdom found in the book of Proverbs is applicable to you whether or not you are a Christian or a non-Christian. There's a lot that can be gleaned from the wisdom of Proverbs that you don't have to be a Christian to apply into your life and see benefit from it. But ultimately, ultimately, Proverbs will benefit you most through a love relationship with God. As you read this book as a letter from your father, you begin to understand who he is and he conforms you into his image. And the wisdom that is found in the book of Proverbs becomes the practical reality of the way you live your life. God ultimately designed this letter, this book, to be enjoyed in the context of a relationship with him. So let me stop right here before I go any further and just say this. 
If you're watching this today and you don't have a relationship with God, maybe you've tuned in to a church service because a friend told you about it or because of the, the, the struggle of the world today, the uncertainty, you're looking for something and you've leaned in. Maybe you're watching this and you say, listen, I'd love to have wisdom from God, but, but I don't have a relationship with God. Listen, God, I said it a moment ago, is all wise. All wisdom comes from him. The best thing to do to begin to grow in wisdom is to begin a relationship with God. You say, I don't have a relationship with God. How do I get a relationship with God? Well, that's really the whole story of the Bible. You see, the Bible teaches us that as human beings, God made us to live in fellowship with him. But because of our sin, we're separated from a relationship with God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus into the world. And Jesus came into the world as God among us, took all of our sin on himself, died on a cross for our sin, rose again from the dead so that you and I could find forgiveness from God. Not forgiveness that we have to earn, forgiveness that's given to us because of Jesus. And because of Jesus, by faith, we can be given a relationship with God. What we lost because of sin, we're able to get back because of Jesus. Proverbs tells us how. Look at Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Here's a a gospel reference in Proverbs. Proverbs, the writer here says, he who conceals His transgression will not prosper. If I try to cover up my sin, if I try to hide my sin from God, there's no salvation in that. But look what he says. He who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. If I get honest with God about my sin, say, God, I'm a sinner, but I I know that you love me. I know that Jesus died for me and I received Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. I confess and forsake. The scripture says I find compassion. Maybe that's you right now. Before I go any further, you realize, hey, I don't have a relationship with God, but I'd like to have a relationship with God. I'd like to know that I'm forgiven. I'd like to know that I'm going to go to heaven one day when I die. I want to invite you right there where you're watching to just bow your head with me, maybe just in your heart, and just say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Just tell him, say, I know that you love me. I know that you died for my sin and rose again. And right now, Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I receive your forgiveness. And I trust you as my Lord and Savior. Now listen, if you just confessed your sin to God, if you just received him as as Savior, the scripture says you've been given a relationship with God. You just began a relationship with the God who is all wise. Now, if you did just pray with me to receive Christ, or you'd like to talk to somebody about that, I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Grab your smartphone, just take it out. And I want you to text this number 94090. You can see it here on the screen. Just text the number 94090. And here's what I want you to text the words Jesus follower. Just text Jesus follower to 94090 and we'll follow up with you, get you some information and have a conversation with you about what it means to follow Jesus. Because listen, this journey of pursuing wisdom begins in pursuing the one who is all wise. It begins in relationship with him. Proverbs begins in a pursuit of wisdom and that starts with a person. But let me give you the second part of this statement. 
Proverbs provides wisdom, but the second part is Proverbs provides wisdom for every area of life. The book of Proverbs, I told you earlier, deals with almost every conceivable area of life you can think of. I'm about, I'm about to give you a sampling of that. Let me try to explain that. I like to eat. If you've listened to me for very long at all, you know that I use a lot of food illustrations because I enjoy good food. I enjoy eating. And one of my favorite places here in town, I like to go at at times, I like to go over to Cracker Barrel. By God's grace, Las Vegas finally got a Cracker Barrel about a year and a half, two years ago. And I love to eat the breakfast food at Cracker Barrel. The problem for me is I like a lot of what they offer. And so when I go, making a decision is the hardest part. But, But here's what always helps me. On their menu, they have something called the Sunrise Sampler. That word sampler is a good word because you know what that means? They put a lot of stuff from a different variety of breakfast items on one plate so I can try it all. It's got ham, it's got bacon, it's got sausage, it's got biscuits, it's got grits, it's got apples, it's got eggs. It's got all kind of stuff on it that you get to try. And I know, I'm sorry, some of you have not eaten yet and you're getting hungry, but just hang in there with me for a few more minutes. What I want to try to do is for the next few moments, give you a sampler platter, if you will. We're not going to be able to drill deep. We're going to drill deep in some of these things in the weeks to come. But I want to give you a sampler platter of what the book of Proverbs speaks to from a wisdom standpoint. First of all, Proverbs gives wisdom for my walk with God. Wisdom for my walk with God. In many ways, it does this. Let me give you an example, a sample. Out of uh, this idea of my walk with God, Proverbs gives me understanding about the wisdom of giving priority to God's word in my life. If you read through Proverbs this week, you noticed that chapters two, three, four, five, six, and seven all begin in the first two or three or four verses the exact same way. Let me give you an example. Proverbs chapter 7 that you read this morning. Look what it says in verses 1 and 2 of Proverbs chapter 7. My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live. Now, the words word, commandment, those, those are terms used throughout Proverbs that are references to God's word, his word, his commandments, his principles, his instruction. All of those words refer to the word of God. And for six Proverbs in a row, six chapters in Proverbs in a row, we're instructed that wisdom gives priority to the word of God. Why does it do that? Well, look what it says. It says, do that and live. Now, this word lives an important word. It's a word that really means to enjoy life. You see, many would tell us, man, if you give priority to God's word, if you believe all that's in that book, it's going to rob you of the joy of life. But here's the wisdom Proverbs gives us. It's the exact opposite. It's in giving priority to the word and giving value to what God's word says that I find the ability to really enjoy life as God intended it to be lived. There's a lot of noise in society right now. The news, social media, politicians, celebrities, even pastors. Here's what I'm telling you Proverbs says. We need a steady dose of God's word to enable us to get the most out of our lives. 
wisdom teaches us. Listen, it's not just the church saying, hey, here's what you have to do to be a good Christian. No, wisdom demands I give priority to the word so that my mind and my life is not inundated by the noise of the world, but I'm rooted and grounded in the word of God. This book that is a love letter written to me by the one who loves me most. I'll give you a second example. Proverbs speaks to wisdom for my relationships, relationships. And when I say relationships, it's a broad category. Proverbs speaks to relationships in the home, talks about marriage, children, parenting. Proverbs speaks to wisdom at work. It deals with employers and employees and coworkers. A lot of wisdom in Proverbs regarding work relationships. It deals with relationships inside the church and gives us wisdom as to how we're to interact with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me give you an example of one of those in the church, the principle of accountability. That comes from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Listen to what it says. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The illustration is taking those iron tools from the ancient days and they would rub them together. They would bring them together to sharpen them. And sharpening them was important because it made them more useful for the task, whether that was digging or cutting or sawing, whatever it was. The the bringing of the iron together sharpened it and made it more useful for the task. Proverbs teaches me that just like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As brothers and sisters in Christ, God created community to sharpen us and to shape us. Proverbs teaches us there is wisdom to inviting others into our lives. Wisdom recognizes I need others to become the man God desires me to be to this day. I've been walking with Jesus for over 30 years, been in pastoral ministry almost 30 years. To this day, I still have three people that I invite into my life on a regular basis to hold me accountable. Why do I do that? Because I've learned that from the book of Proverbs. Wisdom for my relationships. Number three, wisdom for my decision-making. Wisdom for my decision-making. Let me ask you a question. You got to make any decisions this week? Did you make any decisions last week? (laughs) If we're going to be honest, we're all making a lot of decisions right now. A lot of decisions are being made. Proverbs gives us wisdom for decision making. Let me give you a verse out of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. It says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. When facing a decision, Wisdom always seeks counsel from other people. If you've ever come and asked for my input or counsel about anything, you've heard me say this principle to always seek counsel. Our staff team is probably tired of hearing me say this statement. Don't make decisions on an island. It's one of the kind of laws that we use here with our staff team at Hope Church. Don't, nobody has a right. As the pastor of the church, I don't have a right to make decisions on an island. Where does this principle come from? It comes right out of Proverbs. Proverbs teaches us that one of the wise things we do to make right decisions is be sure we're getting counsel from godly people. 
This single wisdom principle has impacted my life in ways that are too numerous to count. I can't tell you how many times God's protected me. God has redirected me. God has changed me all through the seeking of counsel from people that love God in the midst of making decisions. We'll talk more about this in a few weeks, but here's what I've learned when it comes to decision making. My input is never enough. I don't know it all. My perspective is always limited. I can't see it all. And my flesh is always deceitful. My heart is capable of it all apart from the grace of God. And for those three reasons, I can't, I can't see it all. I don't understand it all. I, my flesh is capable of it all. I always need to seek counsel from others. Proverbs over and over and over and over again drills this wisdom principle into our lives. Here's the fourth area, wisdom for my words. Wisdom for my words. Listen to this proverb out of chapter 17, verse 9. He who conceals a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Well, there's some wisdom. He who conceals a transgression seeks love. You know what that means? When somebody does something and wrongs you, here's what wisdom says. Hey, let's keep that, but let's make that right. Keep that between us. The scripture goes on to say, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Let me tell you two damaging ways we do that in the body of Christ. One of the damaging ways we do this is through the vehicle of a, quote, prayer request. We take something that has happened to somebody and we say, hey, you know, I don't want to gossip, but boy, I'd sure love for you to pray for them. Let me tell you what happened. And we use that as a vehicle, a cloaked way to, 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 to share what's happened in somebody else's life. Here's another thing we do that's very damaging inside the body of Christ, specifically today, is the vehicle of social media. Listen, social media is not the platform to reconcile with your brother and sister in Christ, period. It's not the platform. If I take the wrong in somebody else's life and I broadcast that on social media without walking through a process of restoration and reconciliation, what the Bible says I'm doing is separating intimate friends. Wisdom chooses words very carefully. Wisdom chooses the way we say those words. We'll talk about this in the weeks to come, but there's wisdom and Proverbs for our words and how we use them. And maybe more than ever before, we need to be careful with our words. There's a fifth area. Proverbs gives wisdom for my life. And I put in quotes, in the world. And here's what I mean by that. We're, we're, we're called to be citizens ultimately of another kingdom. This world is not our home. But as we live here, we are to be ambassadors for that kingdom. We're to live in such a way, we're to live in the world in a way that we represent the world that we long for. We represent kingdom principles. And Proverbs gives us tons of wisdom to do this. Listen to this proverb. I'm giving it to you out of chapter 17, verse 15. I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation. Tell me this doesn't sound current. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, both are detestable to the Lord. We seen any of that happen in society lately? Acquitting of the guilty or condemning of the innocent? 
Proverbs speaks to where we're living right now. That sounds to me like wisdom we need today. Let me tell you what that means. But keep that verse up there for a minute. This, this idea of the ability, go, go back to that verse for a second out of Proverbs 17. The acquitting of the guilty and the condemning of the innocent. Those are kind of two opposite things, but the Bible says both of them speak to this issue of wisdom. Let me make it real practical. According to Proverbs, it's biblically wise for us to demand justice for someone like George Floyd or Ahmad Arbery. It's biblically wise to do that. The scripture teaches us that, that we should do that, that the wise thing to do as we live out kingdom citizenship is to demand justice in situations like Mr. Arbery and Mr. Floyd. But at the same time, it's also biblically wise to support those that are brothers and sisters in Christ that are in the world of law enforcement, that are making a difference in the system every day by laying their lives on the line. Politically, those things may be mutually exclusive, but biblically, they are both the wise thing to do. You see, it's detestable to the Lord to acquit the guilty, but it's also detestable to the Lord to condemn the innocent. Both of those things. So wisdom gives us practical ways to live in this world that, that we're experiencing right now. Let me show you another one. Proverbs chapter 31. Tell me this doesn't sound like something we need to hear today. Again, out of the New Living Translation. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. What I just read for you is not propaganda. What I just read for you is not political spin. What I just read for you is from the Bible. It's from Proverbs. Proverbs says wisdom demands that we use our voice on behalf of those that are being treated unjustly. Why is that? Because as kingdom citizens, as we live in this world, the wise thing to do is to use our voice to speak up for those that are being unjustly treated. It's in the same spirit that Jesus in the model prayer said, please pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Proverbs provides wisdom for every area of life. I just gave you a small sampling. We're gonna dig deep in a lot of this. But let me give you the last part of this. Proverbs provides wisdom for every area of life at every stage of life. Three words Paul, or the writer of Proverbs here, Solomon, uses in these first seven verses. He says, I'm writing this to the naive and to the youth and to the wise. The naive are those that are young by experience. The youth are those that are young by age. So Solomon begins and he says, man, I'm writing to you either naive or you're young. You're, you're inexperienced because of your age or you're just inexperienced because of the life that you've lived, the, the, the way that you've been raised. But Proverbs says this book is written from a perspective of a father to a son. It's speaking wisdom to the inexperienced. So whether young and experienced or in age, Proverbs promises prudence. Proverbs promises knowledge and discretion. 
All three of those words really mean the same thing. Let me give you a definition. It's the ability to use good judgment, to carefully consider consequences and act accordingly. So to the naive, to the youth, Proverbs is written to allow them to do this, to use good judgment, to carefully consider consequences and act accordingly. But Proverbs is not just for the young and the inexperienced. He goes on to say here in verse number five that Proverbs is for the wise. Look at it, Proverbs 1, 5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Proverbs is not just for the, the young Christian or the new Christian who's inexperienced. The scripture says Proverbs is for the wise Christian. It's the one who is skilled, the one who is experienced. It means those who have been walking the journey called Christianity for long periods of time. Proverbs allows us, the, the verse says, to increase in learning. It's a word that means, first of all, what I'm learning, but also then what I'm able to pass on to others by way of learning. So Proverbs provides wisdom for every area of life, but also every season of life. It doesn't matter where you are on this journey of Christianity. You may be a brand new Christian. You might have been a Christian for 40 years. The book of Proverbs provides wisdom for you. So that's why we're going to study the book of Proverbs. Let me close with this question. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Well, it starts with an attitude, an attitude of the heart. Solomon in verse 7 said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. The starting place is to understand a fear of the Lord. Now, when it says fear, it's not talking about being afraid of God. It's talking about a reverence and awe for God. It's kind of like I grew up in a house with my dad. My dad was a large man in many ways. My dad was six foot four, weighed over 300 pounds for most of my life. Big man. But he was not just a big man in stature. He was a big man in our community and reputation. My dad pastored the largest church in our small town and gave him a lot of influence and platform in our society. So I lived much of my life out of a respect for my dad. Now, not because I was afraid my dad would hurt me. I lived my life in respect to my dad because I didn't want to hurt my dad. That's this concept of the fear of the Lord. It's not I'm afraid of God. It's a desire to please my father. So it begins with a hard attitude that says, God, I need wisdom. I need to know your perspective. I don't have it all figured out. I need your instruction. But then it requires action. Today I want to launch for you what we're calling the Proverbs Challenge. You'll actually be able to see on the screen a link where you can go to our website, our app, and you can get this particular challenge. The challenge has got multiple things on the page as you look at it, but I want to highlight three specific parts of this Proverbs challenge. First of all, there's a daily part of this challenge. We're asking you every day to devote time to be alone with God in Proverbs. So throughout this entire series that we're going to be in over the next two months, June and July, I want to ask you to daily read in Proverbs. And here's the way I want you to do it. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There are 30 or 31 days in most months. There are 30 30 days in June, 31 days in July. I'm going to ask you to daily set aside some time in your God time 
to read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. This is a practice that I've been doing now for over 30 years. And I challenge you to daily do this. Daily read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. So tomorrow morning, Monday morning will be the 8th of June. I challenge you in the morning to read the 8th chapter of the book of Proverbs and then do the 9th on the 9th, 10th on the 10th. And do that for June and July as we walk through this series. So there's the first part of the challenge. Daily time with God in Proverbs. And as you begin your time with God, just open it to that chapter and say, God, give me wisdom today as I read the book of Proverbs. Here's the second part of the challenge. It's a weekly challenge. Weekly, join us online for our worship services as we teach from Proverbs and then spend time with your small group, either in person now that we're allowed to do that in smaller groups, or if your small group is still meeting virtually online, you can do it that way. But discuss the wisdom that you're gleaning from Proverbs weekly with your small group and lean in as we worship together. And then the third part of this challenge is a monthly challenge. I want you to begin to do this practice with us for the next two months, but then I want to challenge you to do this for the next 12 months. We won't be preaching out of it that long, but for the next 12 months, I'm asking you 12 times in a row to read through the book of Proverbs. You say, man, that's going to get old. I'm just telling you, I've been doing it for 30 years. It never gets old. I can't tell you how many times I experienced something in my day that God gave me the wisdom in Proverbs that morning to deal with. So I want to challenge you to build into your life for the next 12 months this discipline of daily pursuing wisdom in the book of Proverbs. So there's the challenge. Daily read the proverb. Weekly lean in online and with your small group. And then monthly for the next 12 months continue this practice of reading the book of Proverbs. I shared earlier how you can come to know Christ. Listen, if you're listening to this and you would love to talk to somebody about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to just remind you, there's a number you can text, 94090. Just text the words, Jesus follower. We'll reach out to you, have a conversation with you about how you can know this all-wise God, how you can begin a relationship with Him. But then secondly, maybe you're listening today and you're hurting. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. You can also text that same number, 94090, and just text the phrase, pray for me. We'll reach out to you and we will pray for you. Our pastors, our team will pray for you by name, lifting you to the Lord. Let's pray together today. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus to have your way. God, as we begin this journey together in the book of Proverbs, would you use it for your namesake, for your glory? God, would you create in us a desire to be wise men and women of God? Would you lead us through this journey in Proverbs and impart your wisdom into our lives? God, have your way. Holy Spirit, daily as your people begin to read from Proverbs, would you speak to them in very clear, in very practical, and in very powerful ways. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.